Let me tell you about Built Bar. Uh, this is a candy bar that's actually good for you. Built Bars are filled with so much holiday goodness. They're rich with flavor, covered in real chocolate, yet amazingly low in calorie, sugar, net carbs, and fat. May I just say that Santa would not mind a Built Bar. Santa might even prefer a Built Bar. He's getting cookies all night. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Yeah. So Built Bar, they're going to give you the, mixed in. They're going to give you the extra fuel you need to barge in through those mall doors and battle the holiday shoppers. And they're going to uh, they're going to be good for you as well. Low in calories, low in carbs, high in protein. It's Built.com. Use the promo code Beck15. Get 15% off your order now. Use the promo code Beck15. Built.com. This witch hunt on January 6th is just phenomenal to me. First of all, I don't trust the FBI anymore. I don't trust the Capitol Police. Uh, and, uh, and this is truly a witch hunt. Now they've called Mark Meadows uh, to testify in front of Congress. And first he said he's not going to testify. Then he said he would testify. And then they've been in negotiations. And yesterday it came out that the former White House chief of staff, Mark Meadows, is going to sue Nancy Pelosi and the January 6th committee members. We have Mark Meadows on in 60 seconds to tell us all about this. The Glenn Beck Program. I remember the good old days of grilling. You know, the days, I mean, when you'd fill up that grill with enough charcoal and and then you would uh, get a then you get a just a big old can of lighter fluid and you just pour it over and then it would have an explosion and you'd burn the hair off your hands. And if you're close enough off your eyebrows. Oh, it was great. It was great. We had laughs back in those days, especially when we burned everything because we don't have the patience I miss the good old days. Or, no, maybe I don't. I have a Rectech. You should, too. It's sleek. It's sturdy. It's made from beautiful stainless steel. It's, it's like you're grilling on a tank. And it has smart grill technology. So it does all the work for you. And it ensures that everything is going to come out perfect every time. Don't wait. You could be cooking up meals and have your eyebrows. Grill for the holidays. It's Rectech.com, R-E-C-T-E-Q.com, Rectech.com. Former White House Chief of Staff, senior partner now at Conservative Partner Institute, and a guy who's uh, filing a lawsuit against Nancy Pelosi, with, which let's just pause for a second and, and revel in that news. Mark Meadows is with us. Hi, Mark. It's great to be with you. Thanks so much, and thanks for always bringing uh, the truth to the American people. I uh, try, uh, Mark, and I know that um, I know that you served Donald Trump very, very well. He used to always say, "This guy never stops working," and I know that to be true. Um, tell me what's going on, because first you said you weren't going to testify January sixth, right? 
Well, there was a, yeah, there was a whole lot that was actually written about uh, what was happening and what was not happening, just to be blunt. And uh, I, I can tell you that from day one, uh, what we what we said was we were always going to honor the president's executive privilege. It's not my privilege to waive. It's not, I'm not going to be the first chief of staff to waive it. I don't uh, think that, you know, compelling his chief of staff to come to Congress to testify uh, is, is something that uh, historically has ever been done and certainly is not a good precedent to start. That being said, uh, we've been in negotiations for, you know, for several, several weeks and, and, uh, months, uh, being very clear that the president's executive privilege would always be protected. Uh, we have tried, we tried to reach an accommodation. We were working on that accommodation, providing some of the documents. Then it became very apparent that, uh, that they were going to continue to ask about conversations that I had with either the president or other senior staff as it related to some of those non-privileged documents. And uh, and then over the last um, 72 hours or so prior to filing the lawsuit, uh, you know, a subpoena arrived where they were actually looking for uh, all of the communication from uh, my personal cell phone device, uh, mm-hmm. subpoenaing my uh, uh, my carrier, and and when that happened, it it, it became very obvious that there they were not going to put any limits on what they were looking for. And uh, the overreach, the constitutional overreach, in my opinion, was just uh, uh, not where I could voluntarily come in and uh, and participate for a deposition. And we also know, um, I mean, we, we know they've already made up their minds on what happened. They did this with Donald Trump in the impeachment, and it was grotesque what they did. Um, but the critics, no. CNN would say um, that, well, what do you have to hide, Mark? What is it that you're hiding? Why, why won't you share all these things? Can you explain why presidential uh, privilege is so important, not just for this president, but for presidents down the road? Well, for every president, and certainly for every chief of staff, it's it's not only that they're they're you know they say well what do you have to hide uh, you know I've I've publicly have stated that uh, to my knowledge no one in the West Wing had any advanced knowledge that there would be a breach of security at the Capitol on January six uh, and 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 I've shared that uh, publicly and privately but at the same time what you know to have have them have me come in and say, well, what did you tell the president? What was your conversation? Uh, it, you know, it, it, at this point, what it does is just uh, empowers them. And you're right. All, all the people on the January 6th commission have all voted for impeachment, you know, so I don't know that they're, you know, neutral arbiters mm-hmm. of, of the truth. Uh, as you know, I've got a, a new book out, The Chief's Chief, and they said, well, you know, you talk about things in The Chief's Chief, and, uh, and, uh, and and the you know the the subject matters in there are not uh, the intimate conversations that a chief of staff would have with the president of the United States, and so uh, it, for for me it 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 is far too expansive. Uh, 
And uh, and I'm caught between a rock and a hard place, uh, truthfully, Glenn. I mean, when you really look at it, this is what courts are for. Uh, if if this is something that the courts would you know believe is constitutional and should weigh in, should a president, a current president, be able to waive the executive privilege of a previous president? It, it would set, in my mind, a very dangerous precedent where just different parties would then uh, essentially use both Congress and yep. and this waiver uh, to to actually just uh, look at political appoint uh, uh, opponents, and it's just not where what our founding fathers I think envisioned. You know, Mark, I've I've talked to Mark uh, to Mike Lee about this, and I uh, and I've always disagreed with this until I talked to Mike. I said, why didn't we go after you know Nixon? Why didn't we go after uh, Hillary Clinton? And he said it's really distasteful, but he said I think it's right. He said. Once you open that can of worms on your opponent after they left office, he said, that's what happens in banana republics. He said, because then it will be used for sheer political purposes to destroy the other party or the other candidates of the future. And he said, you just he said, I think it's just way too dangerous to do that. Do you agree with that? Well, it is. I, I do. And, and, you know, there's sometimes when, you know, when you're in power that you would love to have uh, the ability to use uh, the, you know, the law and, and the rules to your, your point. And, and Senator Lee is right there. I mean, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm not one to, to basically put a motive behind a particular individual. But I, I am here to say that I, I do know, and the, you know, obviously for filing the lawsuit uh, against Speaker Pelosi and the January 6th committee is, is you know, it needs to have legitimate uh, legislative purpose. Uh, it, it can't be just a, a fishing expedition in the broad scope of everything that uh, appears that they're looking at. You know, it, it's troubling. Now, some of those questions are not going to get answered in, in this lawsuit. Uh, you know, should Congress have the ability to subpoena just about everybody's record? Well, that becomes a dangerous path to go down as well. But certainly this question of executive privilege and the broad scope of what they're doing uh, would have a chilling effect on uh, future chiefs of staff and senior advisors to the president of the United States uh, in any future administration. Can you imagine, you know, uh, all of a sudden uh, a Republican president in 2024 and then all, then uh, there's a subpoena for Joe Biden's chief of staff and, uh, and uh, you know, all his personal records and, and official records as well. So this is what courts are designed to do. Uh, we felt like that this particular lawsuit was necessary uh, to at least bring the question and hopefully have the courts weigh in on it. Yeah. Uh, whether whether it changes my outcome or not, I, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I, the, think, I think this is perfectly reasonable for people to to understand that, because when you say that about Joe Biden, yeah, you know, if there's something criminal that was going on, uh, I would want to talk to the chief of staff. But I would also want it to be very, very narrow. You know, it's kind of like a search warrant. You can't just kick my house, my door down and say, yeah, we're looking for stuff. 
You have to say, right. I know that we believe this is here and this specifically is what we're looking for. And if the courts decided that, uh, I, uh, you know. Uh, yeah, I, well, and they should. But here's the interesting point, Glenn, and, and it's 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 important that you, you put that that criminal component there. You know, that's a law enforcement issue. That would Correct. be a, an issue for the FBI or other law enforcement uh, entities. That's not uh, under the purview of Congress to do law enforcement. There, Theirs is strictly legislative. And so when you look at that, uh, there are already provisions for sharing of information if, you know, if fraud or, or yeah. criminal activity took place. And so uh, I appreciate you making the distinction because that's that that is a, a significant one. But again, I'm not an attorney. Uh, I, I can tell you this, that uh, hopefully the courts will weigh in and that they will look at this. And that's what they're set up for do, uh, you know, when there's a dispute between the executive and legislative branch, uh, hopefully they will weigh in in a real way do you um i'm just trying i was trying to think about this from your perspective this morning and i trust congress and the fbi and everybody with i mean i have there's no trust left in me on these things it's all become political to me um and i know testifying in front of congress they have anything they want to do they can do and you're in trouble. <laughs> you know, you, you, uh, they decide you're in trouble, you're in trouble. But more importantly, they destroy people's reputations. Howard Hughes is one of the only ones that I know that came out unscathed uh, in some, something like this. Do you worry that because they can't get Donald Trump, because there's nothing there, that they, they are just right. looking for someone to hang this on, uh, even if they can't really prove it, they just want to, they need a, bad guy's head well obviously uh, again I, I don't want to uh, ascribe uh, motives to particular members of Congress but the political nature is not lost on me I, I you know obviously when you look at that there uh, I think that you can tell from some of the public comments that members of the January 6th committee have already made continue to make you know this is more of a political narrative than it is a legislative one and uh, uh, you know, I, there's a lot of people claiming the fifth and, you know, uh, or at least I'm reading about that. You know, for me, I felt like it was important from a constitutional standpoint that we we fight back on on uh, this executive privilege and the scope of this investigation. Uh, you know, listen, I trust in the Lord and uh, and that's where I put my trust. And I can tell you uh, at this point, uh, I'm, I'm fervently praying uh and, uh, you know, it, it, Congress will do what they typically always do. And, uh, and overreach is, is one of those attributes. So when the courts decide, if they decide you have to testify, you will testify. You, you have to testify. And, yeah, and, I mean, yeah. It, you know, obviously they're, they're the neutral arbiter in all of this. Uh, you know, certainly in sharing that, I think that uh, many of uh, the Democrat members of Congress will be uh, very disappointed with the facts and, and what actually happened, uh, you know, with regards to, uh, you know, President Trump and his team. Uh, I, you know, and at the same time, uh, you know, I think that they're going to move ahead with contempt and hold me in contempt before that. Uh, I'm hopeful that the courts will weigh in. All right. 
Mark Meadows, best of luck. Um, uh, thanks, Glenn. Yeah. I appreciate it, and thank you for you and all your listeners, and uh, and really appreciate it. You got it. We'll keep you in our prayers. Mark Meadows, uh, former White House Chief of Staff, who has just filed a lawsuit against Pelosi and the January 6th committee members, uh, let the Supreme Court decide whether or not executive privilege should be violated for this. Back in just a minute, Mr. Bill O'Reilly is coming in. Uh, we're going to get his reaction to that and a couple of other things on Russia in just a minute. American Financing, NMLS 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Uh, let me tell you about, uh, I'm sorry, I'm just looking up at the TV. Stu, is this guy on TV, is this David Letterman or is Santa or who is that? No, it's not David Letterman, is it? David Letterman looks like he's gone insane with his big beard. And everything. <laughs> Just anyway, um, uh, our sponsor is American Financing. At the end of the year, here we look at the new year. How are you going to adjust to more inflation, uh, tougher finances, et cetera, et cetera? Have you found a way to save money? There's an easy way to save money that doesn't really require you to cut back on anything. It just requires you to change the, uh, the terms of your mortgage and then roll in your credit cards, the high interest credit cards, into your mortgage. You don't even have to reset your mortgage in many cases. Uh, and you will pay a lot less. I mean, you can go two months without uh, a mortgage payment. You can also save $300, $400, up to $1,000 a month every single month. That's a lot of money. Call American Financing. See if they can help you now. American Financing, 800-906-2440. American Financing, 800-906-2440. AmericanFinancing.net. Ten seconds and we go to Bill O'Reilly. Bill O'Reilly, welcome to the program. I know you've got a busy weekend this weekend uh, and uh, wanted to get you on. Just first of all, can you comment on what Mark just said? Um, I think Mr. Meadows missed the main point that uh, President Barack Obama signed an executive order that says executive privilege extends to presidents after they leave the White House. That order is still in play has not been overridden by Congress, which is the only way executive orders can uh, get um, off the books. Now, that, that says it all. So there's no way this committee in Congress will win the lawsuit because this is on a record. Right. And they, it's... They can't win. I mean, if you say executive privilege and you're Donald Trump, which obviously he is... And they, that extends to Mr. Meadows and everybody else in the White House time. So this is all a charade, a nonsensical exercise, and the exact opposite of what I'll be doing on Saturday and Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> Which is the beginning of your Trump tour. The history tour. It's very important that people understand that this is, I'm going to get on the record, Beck. I'm going to get on the record things you do not know. I'm not going to get on the political merry-go-round, relitigate the uh, election. No. And, you know, here's something interesting. I was going to lead with the vax and COVID because that affects every American. But now I've shifted into Putin because of what oh, yeah. Putin's doing. 
And that'll be the lead. That'll be the first topic that President Trump and I discuss. And um, I'm off today. I'm actually talking to you, and that's the last bit of work, and it is work to talk to you, Beck. Uh, You don't know the half of it, brother. Um, Try it for my side. Yeah, I'm researching like crazy, you know, to find things uh, that are on the record that I can present to President Trump. I would really like to know uh, the process of making Israel, uh, making, I'm sorry, Jerusalem, the the embassy site in Israel. Every president has said, no, I know the State Department pushed pushed back. What kind of pushback did he get that we don't know of? You should write that down on a card and give it to me if you can. I know you're going to be watching the show because I'm not going to do that in the front line first half of the show. There's just too many direct things that I have to deal with that are in the news now and affecting people's lives, like the economy and inflation. I thought this was a history tour. It is the history tour. But there's a finite amount of time. It's two hours. Doesn't sound like a history tour. Does it sound like a history tour to you still? You know, we're going to have a lot of bouncers <laughs> at this tour. <laughs> They're going to know where you're sitting. Yeah, where am but I anyway, sitting? Where am I sitting? A, am I sitting in a good... Do I, do I have a good seat? Do I have a good seat, Bill? Yeah, you'll be up with the folks. Uh, <laughs> up with the folks. So I'm in the balcony? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I, I, so I haven't located it quite yet. I okay, think yeah. I think you're sitting next to Bette Midler. <laughs> I think that's where you are. But, Beck, I'm serious now. Write this question down and, and hand it I'm to not going to give it to you. Because I can do that in the Q&A portion, which yeah. is the second part of the program. If I decide to, and if an usher will come all the way up there to collect my question, then maybe. Then maybe. You could, you could hang glide down. Hey, real quick, before we take a quick break, how much time do we have? One minute. Do you see that the Pope said, you know, sleeping before marriage, you know, having sex before marriage, not yeah, a big not deal as a Catholic. Jeez, why didn't he say that 50 years ago for me? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm sitting there going, what? I mean, you mean? <laughs> I'm not sure if he's entirely Catholic or not. Uh, what is he thinking? I don't know what he's thinking. He's the Pope, and I want to stay on his good side, Beck, just like you. <laughs> I don't know. No, no, no. I, I don't mind being on the bad side of this Pope, but that maybe that's just me. Back in just a second, I want to talk about Russia and uh, the Putin conference with Biden this week next. This is the Glenn Beck Program. All right, I want to talk to you about Christmas and travel. Uh, you know, if you've been looking at uh, the flights lately to just to get home for Christmas, you're, it's going to cost you an arm and a leg. And, oh, gosh, the hassle of Christmas time with the masks and everything and the attitude. I just don't know if I could do it. Anyway, uh, you might think about driving. Don't. <laughs> you actually get, in, to get, into, your, uh, get into an airplane uh, and uh, get your ticket on one of the uh, on one of the the flights to get home because I have to tell you it is if you don't have a warranty on your car this is the hardest time of the year on your on your vehicle and if it breaks down how long what's wrong with it if it's a chip how long is that thing going to sit in a repair shop waiting for the part if you don't have a warranty please get Car Shield. 
the best defense against costly repairs. Uh, you just sign up now, save 10%, carshield.com slash Beck. Carshield.com slash Beck. Save a bundle. Deductible may apply. Head over to glenbeckmerch.com. Use the promo code Glen20. You'll save 20% off your merch stuff for Christmas. More with Bill O'Reilly coming up next. This is the Glenn Beck program. We're so glad that you're uh, here. Um, I've got Bill O'Reilly on, and I want to talk to him about what President Biden did with uh, Vladimir Putin. And uh, I think it's the Washington Post that said he laid a red line down. Oh, dear God. I hope it's not like a red line that Barack Obama laid down. Um, How do you think that went? What do you think is going to come of that? Well, they say they talked for two hours, and I find that very hard to believe, because if it was that long, Biden would have needed a nap mm-hmm. in between. You know, okay? right. Two hours is not you know, something that he does. Um, so, you know, it's hard to be precise on this, because we just don't know. Uh, not a lot of leaks. If it were Trump talking to Putin, you would add the transcript about 15 minutes after they hung up. Yep. You know, there's no leaks from the Biden people, uh, which is a tribute to Ron Klain, the chief of staff. So I assume they all have little chips implanted in them. And if they leak anything, it goes right away. Well, I don't think Um, I mean, the the one thing that Biden has that Donald Trump didn't is uh, no enemies around him. (laughs) Oh, I don't know about that. Um, you know, these people, uh, that get into politics for a living, you know, the swamp, uh, they can be bought. Um, and then there's a lot of that going on. And certainly the big news agencies would want to know, uh, if anything extraordinary took place, but we don't know. So let me give you, uh, a, a big, an outline and I'm, I'll tie it in because I, I'm hoping president Trump will illuminate this further on Saturday. So Putin's a bad guy. In addition to being annoying, he is one of the most annoying people on the planet (laughs) because all he wants is attention. Mm -hmm. He's five foot four. He doesn't wear shirts. I mean, that's all he wants. I didn't know he he was five foot four. That explains a lot. Yeah, the guy's wearing Tom Jones heels and he barely gives up to five six. Okay. Mm. So he's just a little nebbish you know, who made his reputation in the KGB slapping six foot four people like me around. Um, And so he's super annoying because he doesn't have to do any of this. The second thing is that he's he's a corrupt oligarch. Mm -hmm. Putin's one of the wealthiest men in the world. And his wealth is centered in Zurich, Switzerland, in a number of numbered accounts where his girlfriend lives. Girlfriend doesn't want to live in Moscow or St. Petersburg. <laughs> Why would you want to live there? She's in Zurich watching the money. How did he get the money? Kickbacks from all of the Russian industries. And Putin gets a piece of everything. So he doesn't have to mass troops on the border of Ukraine. Because NATO is not going to invade Russia. And NATO's not even going to accept Ukraine. They may give him a little aid here and there, but what is this? It's just to get Putin in the news. 
He's totally opposite Xi in China, by the way. So I want to get into this with Trump. I want to know if Putin speaks English, for example. Does he yeah, I thought of that, too. Yeah. Does he speak English? Mm-hmm. I mean, after all these years of torturing yep. Western people, maybe picked up a few curse yeah. words. He doesn't um, he doesn't respond. He watches the interpreter as if he understands none of it. And I'll, right. I'll bet you he speaks really uh, or at least he understands English 100 percent. So he can certainly read the Wall Street Journal. Okay, so anyway, Fidel Castro did the same thing. Castro spoke English, but he would never speak it. Right. So anyway, all Putin wants is to, uh, you know, present himself to Russian people as uh, a mini Mussolini and he struts around. So you got to deal with it. I mean, Trump had to deal with it in Helsinki. Biden had to deal with it on the call. But Putin doesn't care what you say. However, there's one thing that could bring Putin to his knees. And that is if Joe Biden signs an executive order that says no American banks do business with Russia. And if a foreign bank does, we're not going to do business with that foreign bank. That strangles the economy. Putin's net worth drops 80 billion. That is the way to go. Now, I assume that was the red line you mentioned, that the banks Russia needs the currency because they can't survive without international money going in there. Well, I, I, you know, I don't know what the red line was, but, you know, I would take Biden at his word when he says, you know, I can cripple an economy because he's done it here. So I think he's probably <laughs> yeah, he's very, a lot of practice. Yeah, he's got a yeah. lot of practice over here. And, you know, but he can't shut down the Nordstrom or whatever it is pipeline. Yeah. <laughs> Nordstrom. It's Nord something. Yeah. And there's the Germans are sitting there going, they made a deal with the devil, Merkel. Thank God Merkel's out of there. Ah. So she, they make the deal with the devil that they're going to take natural gas from Russia, Germany now, and the pipeline goes from Russia right into Germany under the Baltic Sea. Uh, and now um, Russia gets currency from Germany. But if Biden says no, no more foreign currency going into Russia, then the Germans are going to freeze their tushes off. What is okay? uh, wh- wh- what is what are the odds that he does cross that border and goes in and takes Ukraine? You know, I would say four to one against. Um. I don't think that he wants at this juncture to provoke that kind of a reaction because the Russian economy is fairly weak. And, and, you know, you're just basically putting your country into a depression. It's like China. China's not going to do anything until after the Olympics. I mean, they could saber rattle all they want, but they're putting on an exposition in February and March that will rival Hitler's Olympics in the mid-1930s. It's the same kind of propaganda outfit should we should we be boycotting that no no why look because you got to engage china and um this is another trump topic uh i don't know whether he agrees with me or not but china is close to us as far as power is concerned not quite as powerful but they're close if you push them away and embarrass them and poke them and do all kinds of things it's much more likely that they will invade Taiwan, that they will help North Korea, that they will even help Putin. So you don't want to do that. So they made some stupid uh, diplomatic gesture that means nothing. 
And I didn't think that was a wrong move by Biden. So you disagreed with uh, Donald Trump's approach with the sanctions and how tough he was on, on China. It depends what area it was in. He was tough on trade, trade, but he never humiliated Xi. And he never went in and said, uh, you know, in, in a bellicose way. It was, Trump was all about making deals. And if he didn't like the deal, then he'd say, well, we're not going to let you do this, or you're going to have to pay more to get your goods into. That's a tariff. They did that, but that wasn't, you know, provoking anybody to invade or bomb or anything like that. Um, last thing, Bob Dole is lying in state in the U.S. Capitol Rotunda. Joe Biden's going to give a speech, yada, yada. I remember in 1992 that Bob Dole seemed to be the oldest man on earth. Yeah. He was, uh, he was, I believe, 68 when he ran. Hillary Clinton is now 74. Biden is 79. Trump, 75. Nancy Pelosi is 81. Mitch McConnell is 79. Bob Dole was a spring chicken in comparison. Yeah, because we have a system now where it's very difficult to move on up. Um, to the east side, as the Jeffersons once sang. You, you have in Washington maybe a half dozen people in the House and Senate that call all the shots, 100% of the shots. Didn't used to be that way. You used to be able to kind of gather power like Dole did in Kansas and kind of, you know, go right, right through the system. That's why he got the nomination for president. He never had a chance. Right. I mean, I, I mean you know, come on. Um, but he was a very brave man. Yeah, he was. And I don't know. I don't know if Americans understand how the Battle of Anzio. You know, if you read um, my book on World War II, Killing Patton, you you know, Dole. He he was right in the middle of this thing, and he got you know wounded for his whole life. Mm -hmm. um, very patriotic guy. I think he tried to do the right thing. No taint of corruption around him. Um, so I'm glad he's getting the honor that he is getting. So the, the thing I thought of was that Bob Dole came from the generation, uh, that was the hero generation of world war two. And they, you know, they didn't come back and write a bunch of books and beat their chest or anything. They just went back to work. Uh, and they were generally a humble group of people. The people we have in now are the sixties generation who think that the moon and stars have been hung by them in the age of Aquarius, and they're just not going anywhere. They're just, they're just holding on. Where Bob, he did his deal and he moved on. You know, I said on BillOReilly.com on the No Spin News the other night that what Americans of all ages don't understand is a vast gulf between the baby boom generation, that's me. Are you in the boomers? Did you make it into the boomers? Uh, just the last year um, is uh, is my yeah. So you're, you're a boomer. I know the boomers are trying to expel you, but you're yeah. in there. I'm be fine with okay? that. Yeah. The vast, the vast difference, because we were raised under parents and grandparents who endured incredible hardship with the Great Depression and World War II. Yeah. And sacrifice for the good of the country was the mantra. And if you didn't do that, you were ostracized. You were a villain. Mm -hmm. Now it's 100% different. It's all about you. 
you, you, you. Where's mine? I want. And so with that mentality, that selfish, selfish mentality that has permeated into the baby boom generation, by the way, mm-hmm. I mean, we're not impervious to this, that you have a totally different societal outlook. Yeah. And that's why the permissiveness and the, and the violent crime and you let homeless people overrun property and you let them shoot up narcotics, you let them do whatever they want. OK, that's just stunning to the baby boomers and the few greatest generation people who are left bill o'reilly thank you very much uh we'll see you in florida um if you want to see the uh, trump history tour with bill o'reilly it begins this weekend saturday in florida and you can get tickets and all the information at billoreilly.com thanks bill all right always fun thank you see you on saturday well i'll see you i'm not sure i'm gonna you know stop in and say hello be up in the rafters it'll i will need oxygen yeah i i I think that's, I mean, I don't think you're going to be that high. You should still be able to breathe safely. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it is uh, holidays, and the holiday season is here. And if uh, you see your relatives and they say, hey, you look 10 years younger, what's your secret? My uh, my advice would be not to tell them and, and just say that you just look beautiful and you just happen to be the sexiest person in the room. That's all. Uh, you could also tell the truth if you happen to have GenuCell and uh, maybe say, hey, I happen to go uh, to uh, to GenuCell.com and I got 35 bucks off by using the promo code BECK35. We're talking about the most, uh, the, 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 the best skincare around and you can get 60% off now. Treat yourself to, and a loved one to maybe the uh the, their most popular packages which have huge discounts right now uh, you can see those drooping eyelids forehead wrinkles pesky bags and puffiness and even the sagging jawline disappear right before your eyes with genucell's classic collection uh with immediate effects you'll get results in less than 12 hours guaranteed or your money back and you're guaranteed to get your genucell in time for the holidays because every product made right here in the usa uh, go to genucell.com enter the promo code beck 35 for 35 bucks off Every order today is instantly upgraded to free express shipping. Go to GenuCell.com. Code is Beck35. That's G-E-N-U-C-E-L.com. You are listening to the Glenn Beck Program. Welcome to the uh, Glenn Beck Program. I was on Tucker Carlson last night uh, and uh, talked about Fauci. I said to him right before we went on, you realize you're asking me to boil down a two-hour chalkboard to three and a half to four minutes. And he's like, yeah. And I said, all right, I'm going to try not to sound crazy. Um, but uh, I, I don't know if I was successful in laying out the fact that the United States government went into business with Moderna November 2015. November 2015 is when Dr. Barrick uh, published a study about uh, that he had gain of function and began working with Dr. Xi in Wuhan. Uh, That's when they they went to work on a coronavirus uh, vaccine with mRNA. And then on uh, December 12th, weeks before we knew it was a pandemic Two weeks before China even admitted to anything, they uh, the United States government uh, and Barrick signed a deal with Moderna for co-ownership 
of the vaccine, any new vaccine for coronaviruses. And I just find that interesting. And I want to know why no one is talking about that. Why can't where where's anyone questioning this? Why isn't that being asked? Rand Paul called right after the special and said, can I get those documents? Because they were FOIA'd. Uh, can I get that that secret uh, contract? I said, sure. It's from the uh, NIH between the NIH and Moderna. And uh, it's very clear at what it is. He's called since his staff has called since and worked with my staff on getting some more information. I think Rand Paul is going to bring it up next time Fauci is called in front of uh, the Senate uh, committee. But I, uh, I wonder why this isn't being pursued, especially when they're firing people if you don't take the vaccine. Another 400 people in the school district in Los Angeles lost their jobs. Uh, I mean, what is happening with this and why is no one asking questions? I would urge you to pass on to all of your friends and post on your own social media, FauciLiedSpecial.com. FauciLiedSpecial.com. This is the Glenn Beck Program.